0: We're talking about anger today. We've been in the book of Proverbs and that's been talking about wisdom along different areas of our lives. We talked about family last week. We talked about uh, friendship the week before. We're going to talk about angry people tonight. Uh, What makes you angry? Um, Think about the last time you got angry. What was it that made you angry? Right, I promise you, you probably don't even have to think back to tomorrow. Even today, there were things that made you angry. One of the most interesting things about anger is that anything in this world can make you angry. From big things like the lockdown we're in to small things like stubbing your toe. From very serious topics like poverty and famine, to very dumb things, like when you order a burger, get home, and realize they forgot to put the meat in the burger. So angry, so angry. It's, it's actually really funny to think how, how easily it is to get angry and how there are so many things to get angry about. And what's, what's one of the most interesting things about the emotion of anger is this. Uh, you can get angry about something, and then the next day, you're okay. But then the day after, you can get angry at it. Um, it it's like one, one can get angry because it's not sunny, and because it's cold. And then the next morning, you can get angry because it is sunny, and it's too hot. Um. After last week's sermon, even after last week's sermon, people were asking me, Steve, are you okay? You seemed a bit angry. See, the thing about anger is anything can make us angry. But out of all the emotions that we have inside of us, you know, happiness, sadness, loneliness, anger, I think, is one of the most misunderstood. And so I want to begin by defining anger because I think we probably have all very different definitions of it. So the dictionary defines anger as this, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. And another definition says that anger is an expression that says I'm against that. It is an active stance you take to oppose something that you assess as both Important and wrong. See, they're the two really key words. It's important and it's wrong. You know you don't get angry at things that you don't care about? Like, I don't know, the price of lettuce. If the price of lettuce was to go from $4 to $40, I don't think I would get angry because I don't care because it is not important to me, right? And if you don't think it's wrong, then, then you're not going to get angry. So if you if you go, wow, the price of lettuce went from $4 to $40, but it's because we've got famine and, you know, because of the pandemic, and you go, oh, well, that's market, you know, demand and supply. I guess that's okay. You don't get angry at it because you don't think it's wrong. See, in this definition of anger, there needs to be three things present for you to be angry. Number one, I identify some perceived wrong. Right? I've got to go, this is wrong. Right? Because you you know you never get angry at this is right. You get excited, right? You get excited about this is right, but you gotta think this is wrong. Secondly, I take a stance of disapproval and feel displeasure. So not only do you have to say this is wrong, but you've got to actually feel like wait a minute. This is so wrong that I'm not going to just accept it, right? I disapprove of the fact of this, that the fact that this is wrong, and I feel displeasure. And thirdly, not only do you have to see something that is wrong, and not only do you have to take an emotional stance, but actually you've got to be moved to action in some way. I'm moved to action to say or do something about it, and that that action is is very broad, right? That action could be in your mind, you know, this is so wrong and you just get angry in your thoughts and your feelings and you're just like, "Mm." or it could go all the way to physical action, protests or, you know, you go and do other things that, you know, retaliate. The thing about anger is this, right? The assumption about the emotion of anger is that it is all bad. That anger is bad, anger is sinful, and anger is destructive. And while anger can lead to those things, the reality is that it's not the case. Anger is a human emotion that exists in God, right? It's not that that sin came and God then got angry, Anger was already an emotion of God that was inbuilt to us as humankind that were made in his image. Anger is a human emotion that exists in God and that God built into man to motivate him. Right? Psalm 7 11. God is a righteous judge and a, and a God who feels indignation every day, he feels wronged. God perceives the wrong, he feels the displeasure, and he's moved to action about it. Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. See, this verse shows us that you can be angry and not sin. Or you can be angry and sin. But being angry or having the emotion of anger itself is not a sin. Just like every human being has the ability to feel happy or sad, it is the same with anger. And actually, if that's the case, we are all angry people. Feeling angry is not wrong. Responding to anger is not wrong, but it's how we respond to anger that can lead to sin, or not the question is not are you an angry person now people who know me right they're like yes he's a bit angry right we're all angry we all we all have some moral compass some judgement some framework inside of us that that believes that certain things are right and wrong right We take stances of disapproval and we feel displeasure and then we move to action, right? We're all angry people, but it's a question of, are you in control of your anger or is your anger in control of you? Now, the Proverbs give us wisdom on how to deal with things in our lives and and anger is no different. And as we read through the Proverbs, there are two main responses to the emotion of anger. The first one is this, quick-tempered. This person, as the Proverbs will tell us, has no control over his emotions. Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight: like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. This person has no self-control. And so when the emotion of anger appears in their life, it just spills out whenever and wherever. No control over the emotion of anger. And what's interesting is there are two ways that it gets expressed with these people that are quick-tempered, where these people who cannot control their emotion, it just comes out. Number one, external expression of anger. Proverbs 29, 11, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs 12, 16, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. These people are quick to act in their anger without self-control. These are the people that if you tick off, it's like a bomb boom, right? You say something, boom, they'll let you know. You do something that that makes them angry, boom, they'll let you know, right? There's no filter. There's no thought process. It's just, this is how I feel, and there's just no control, so it just goes, and this is where anger becomes sin in the way they respond. They do things. They say things in the heat of the moment that goes beyond just the emotion of anger but actually becomes sinful, right? An example of this is when we drive. It's called road rage, All right Road rage is when you feel wronged while you're driving. You take a stance, you feel displeasure, and then you do something about it. Right now, I remember hearing a a story years, years ago about a guy who he used to carry size D batteries in his car. And if someone cut him off, he he would his head would flip. And he would chase that car, and while driving behind the car, grab the size D. These are the big batteries. Open the window and throw them at the car. That is quick-tempered road rage. That is quick-tempered anger, no filter, no control over their emotion. That's the first response of a person who cannot control or is not in control of the anger, the external expression. But there's a second. It's called the internalization of anger. They still have no control of their anger. But instead of throwing batteries out their car, they hold it in. They're still not in control. It just doesn't come out to other people, but they hold it in. And what happens is it festers inside of their heart and it creates deep and dark places. Holds grudges and never forgets. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, in your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Ecclesiastes 7, 9, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. The problem with internalizing anger is that as much as it feels like it is more civil and more in control, it's actually not. It's still out of control. It's out of control in your heart and out of control in your spirit. And the potential of damage that it has is as much as throwing batteries out the window. Proverbs 18.14, the human spirit can endure a sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. It can damage the view that you have of yourself. It can damage the view you have of other people. And it can damage the view you can have of God if you let anger internalize without being processed, without being controlled. It can lead to hurt, bitterness, resentment, which may not hurt physically, but can do as much damage emotionally and spiritually. The Proverbs tell us that this is the first response to anger, one that is out of control, quick to act, without thought, without process, can be damaging on the inside and the outside. But the Proverbs give us a second response, and this is called the slow-to-wrath response to anger, a wiser response to anger. For this man, he is angry, but his anger is controlled. He is slow to wrath. Proverbs 16:32. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. This man doesn't just lash out in his emotions, but he is patient. And through the patient response to anger, this man can find firstly understanding and secondly discretion. Which is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way to avoid causing offense. Right? Slow to wrath is self-controlled and patient. Doesn't mean they're not angry. Doesn't mean it's like, don't be angry. No, you have that anger. You know, we've we've defined it. Everyone's angry. But it's the response to that anger. Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 19.11, a a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Patience doesn't mean you don't get angry, but it gives you time to respond in a wiser manner in a manner that honors God. This is the difference between one who is wise and one who is foolish. That is the response to anger. Now, the Proverbs also give us advice on how we handle anger or how we're meant to handle anger properly in ourselves and in other people. So firstly, in ourselves, how do we handle anger when it comes around, uh, firstly, we need to understand. Uh, we need to break underlying patterns. Proverbs nineteen nineteen: A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them, and you'll have to do it again. You've got to know what triggers you. You've got to know why you get angry first, right? for many people anger controls them and they don't even know why they get angry you know recently doing some couples counseling and one of the couples was like i feel like i'm walking on eggshells i do one thing one day and they're okay and i do the same thing the next day and i don't and they get angry I don't know why they get angry, and then and so then we talk to the other, and they're like, "I didn't even know I was getting angry." It, we're so like we we, we lack self awareness to even know what triggers us, why we get angry. This is where self awareness is so super important because if you are self aware, you know the areas of your life that trigger anger and the responses that come with it. Secondly, how do we control, handle anger in ourselves? We need to guard our mouths. This is a big one. Proverbs 17, 27 to 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. Proverbs 21, 23, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. What we say and how we say it poses the greatest problem with our anger. While not many of us would lash out and respond to anger by throwing punches, many of us are still pretty quick to throw out a verbal punch. This is where the taming of the tongue is so important. This is where guarding of our mouth is so important. Because with that is the opportunity to exercise wisdom. It's the opportunity to exercise Patience. One of the rules that, that we have at, at, at home, for, 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 not for, for us, for me, is that if I'm angry, and I was taught this by a friend of mine, I have to count to 10, right? And sometimes if I'm really angry, I'm like, one, two, 10. Because in that emotional state, if you do not exercise patience or self-control, you're going to fly arrows out your mouth. And some of these you're going to regret later. Because once it's out, you can't take it back. We need to guard our mouths. Thirdly, how do we handle anger properly in ourselves? We need to learn Overlooking transgressions. Proverbs nineteen eleven. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. We need to learn the skill and ability to overlook offenses. Now, I'm not saying if there is a major offense or if there is a major you know, event in your life that you should just ignore it and be like, yeah, I'm a you know, never happened or whatever. But you know what? There are so many people these days so easily offended. Right? So easily offended. You know, back when I was growing up in high school in primary school, right? Many years ago, we weren't as offended. It was just words in the playground. You know, it, we've created. We live in this very sensitive society now, where instead of internal, instead of processing what we're listening to and and hearing and and what we're reading in the world, we're automatically we automatically go to I'm offended, you've hurt my feelings, and I said I'm not saying don't be offended. But you've got to learn the difference between something that is worth being offended and something that's not a big deal. And that's where wisdom plays. You've got to learn that. And you've got to learn that if it's not a big deal, you've got to let it go. You've got to see beyond that. You know, they say, you know, you've got to be the bigger person. That's how we handle the emotion of anger in ourselves, right? You can't control what other people say, think, or do. But Scripture tells us that you can work on yourself. Right? We need to discern between the two. Ecclesiastes 7.20 Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourselves have cursed others. This is a great starting point of overlooking transgression. And is the recognition that every single person is sinful. That every single person has the ability to shoot arrows. And that's where our expectations should begin. Right, You've got to know no one is righteous. No one's perfect. And so actually, you've got to start with grace. You've got to give them a chance. That's how we handle anger inside of us. When someone makes a mistake, right, you've got to acknowledge that that's just human. Instead of... Right, but that's angry, that's us being angry. That's us handling anger, right? What about in other people, other angry people? How do we help and aid controlling anger that comes towards us and its destructive effects within others? Proverbs tells us this you need to respond gently. Respond gently. Doesn't mean to ignore. Okay? Respond means you need to respond. There has to be an action but the way we do it has to come with gentleness. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Proverbs 25, 15, through patience a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone right? Enneagram, what is it, nine? They're the peacekeepers, right? Yeah. These are the people, that's how we're meant to respond to when people are angry to us, right? When someone brings you their anger, whether it's towards you, and, and I'll give you a situation, you go to work, and your colleague comes, and they're, they're fuming about something that happened to them. It's got nothing to do with you, Oh, you know, on the weekend, I went out and, rah, 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 and this happened to me and this happened to me. You, as a third party in this, you have a choice, right? You have a choice. You can either, as the Proverbs say, exercise wisdom, which is to de-escalate the situation. Try to help that person calm down. Try to help that person process their anger Right? Give them, help them have some perspective. Or you can fuel that fire. Oh, yeah, man, that was so bad. Yeah, you deserve to be angry. You 100% go sue them. Right? We have that choice. Even when it happens at home. Right? Even when it happens to within your friends. We have the choice. And wisdom says, choose peace. When, when anger comes to choose peace. De-escalate the situation first. And then process. Don't just, you know, put more fuel into that fire. That's foolishness. Don't stir up conflict, but exercise patience. This is how the Proverbs help us to handle anger. I am an angry person. And sadly, the way that my anger has played a role in my life in the 30-something years that I have been around hasn't always been good, healthy, and in control. Actually, it's been the opposite. There are many times in my life, to be specific, there are many times in my week where anger gets the better of me. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. They've seen the worst of it. And I confess that this is if one of, if not probably the hardest area and the most sinful area in my life. If you've been coming to the chapel uh, for a while, you've pro- if you've been serving alongside me, you probably have experienced this at church, in a meeting. And if you haven't, it's probably coming sometime. Whether it's explosive anger that turns into rage or verbal abuse with harsh and harmful words, there are many people around me whom I love and I deeply care for, that I've hurt because of my inability to control my anger. And actually, as a part of this message, I want to apologize. Knowingly and unknowingly, I have done so much harm because of my anger. And even though over the years I grow older and hopefully a little bit wiser and a little bit more mature, I'm getting better at controlling this anger. It doesn't take away from the fact that it's already done so much damage, created trauma that has been dealt out in the past. And for that, I am deeply sorry. Especially to Mel and my kids, who mean the world to me. As a husband and father, this probably is one of the greatest areas of my failures. And I know that I've caused so much pain because of this. And some of you might be wondering why is Steve suddenly making a public apology? Did something happen this week? Did something happen? Did Steve, are we getting an email later this week that Steve did something? Right? And the answer is no. Nothing extraordinarily out of the ordinary, happened this week that I would publicly apologize. I just felt that as we're talking about anger in God's word, that it wouldn't be enough just for me to tell you what God's word said, but I would have to be honest and be transparent and show you how I was trying to live in this wisdom or trying to live in this wisdom more so failing to live in this wisdom you know my hope is that for those who i've heard in the past and even those who will be hurt by the lack of my wisdom in the future that you would show greater love grace and understanding to me as your pastor and friend And for those that have been dealt blows in the past, I pray that today would be the beginning of healing. I know this is very out of the ordinary, but if you feel like I'm talking about you and maybe you haven't dealt with it or you've just not talked about it, I'm more than happy to talk to you about it in person. So please reach out to me. You know, if you've got scars, it might be me, probably me, other leaders, other people in the church, reach out because holding that in your own heart, that's just keeping yourself in prison. There's no freedom in that. Friends, we can't avoid anger. And we shouldn't avoid anger. In the world that we live in, if you look around, Especially if you're in New South Wales or, you know, on the eastern border of Australia. How can we not be angry? Our world is broken. Governments are broken. Organizations are broken. Families are broken. And we see that this is wrong. We see that this is wrong. And as we respond, we respond. that The emotion of anger comes out because we care. It's important for us enough that we actually take a stance. That's where anger comes. And it's completely fine to be angry about the way the world is. But the solution, my friends... And this is something that we have to know in the biggest scheme of things. The solution to the problems in the world and in our lives do not exist in this world. Brokenness cannot fix brokenness. We can try to do everything that we can in our powers and in our goodwill and yet we will be far From the solution, far from solving the things that make us get angry in this life. Only God, only God can save us. Only God can fix this world. And praise be to Him because He did, because God was angry. God was angry at the state of our world. God was angry at the rebellion of man. And in his anger, and in his response to anger, instead of destroying and wiping out the world, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to save sinners like you and me. That's what God did in his anger. He was angry. Don't get me wrong. But his response was not destruction, but was salvation. He sent us his son, Jesus, that whoever follows him, whoever trusts him and him alone, they would be saved. This is the ultimate solution to our anger, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Friends, we are all angry people. We are all angry people. Just own it. Anger is okay. The emotion of being angry is okay. However, sin is not. And wisdom, wisdom is called to be exercised when we get angry in the way we respond And if anger is out of control in your life, like it is in mine, in many areas, take it to God. Because you might think that it's impossible for you to change. It's impossible for you to beat this. God says, I can do the impossible. So friends, what will you choose How will you respond to anger in your life? And I pray and I hope that you will choose to exercise wisdom, the fear of the Lord in your response to anger. Let's pray.